Welcome to Autonomous Unity on the Solidarity with Autonomy Network. This one, we have been away for a couple weeks. I know we said we were going to do uh, one on Mother's Day. Uh, we ended up having a couple situations came up that precluded us for two weeks from uh, doing the live conference call or recording a podcast. And uh, I don't know what number we're on because uh, prior to that, I posted so many podcasts and we had the site go down for a little while. So uh, whatever episode number this is, I do not know, but we are dealing with a question today uh, that is uh, Tradition 12, uh, and the question is, how does your home group uh, apply uh, the uh, anonymity or this tradition with regard uh, to the other traditions, uh, uh, all the other traditions, because the uh, tradition actually says anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, and reminding us to place principles before personalities. And so we are at that point in the question where we're talking about how each home group and individual has experience applying this uh, to Tradition 4, Tradition 12 to Tradition 4, if all that makes sense. Uh, Bill A. is not with us today. Uh, he's having an emergency. I'm not sure of the nature of that. If you hear this, please pray for him and his family. Uh, we did have Cornhusker uh, uh, Eric speak to him on the phone. Uh, and he will be with us next week. So what we're going to do today is go through this tradition and uh, or this particular question, leave off when we when everybody's uh, spoken on that, and have Bill pick up uh, on the next podcast, uh, which will uh, I'm assuming will be one week from now, uh, barring any unforeseen circumstances. He will pick that up, and uh, he will he will take us he will kick us off with this question we're dealing with today, and then we'll move into tradition five from there. Uh, so if all that is clear as mud, we will uh, go ahead and uh, have the uh, opening prayer that we've been doing, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll get this thing going. So I'm going to turn it over. I'm sorry, brother. Who's, who has the opening prayer? Jared, I'm in that. Okay, we're going to turn this over to Jared, and he's going to kick us hey, off. With the God, as we endeavor to complete this work, we know that you are with us. We know that without your strength, and inspiration, we are not capable of the task before us. We know that this work is not our work, but yours. Each of us, in our own way, humbly petition you to use us as your tools, according to your will. We offer ourselves to you in this way, knowing that you are a loving God and have all power. In this work and in our lives, thy will be done. Thanks, brother. And again, we're uh, I, we haven't done this for a little while. I just want to remind everybody that uh, this is a podcast intended for uh, members of Narcotics Anonymous only. If you're not a member of NA, please tune out at this time. This is not meant to be uh, contentious. It's just in upholding our principles and anonymity in all of the traditions uh, as a whole. Uh, and I won't go through and enumerate those, but there are numerous traditions that that would apply to. If you're just interested in Narcotics Anonymous or new to recovery, wondering what this whole thing is about, go all the way back to episode two. That is actually a recovery-based format uh, that is one addict's experience, strength, and hope. Uh, and uh, that would be an appropriate podcast to listen to if you're not a member of NA or just new to this and, and uh, not interested in the traditions just yet, and you will be soon. <laughs> so, um, so the question, uh, I don't have, I, actually, I do have the side up, um, but I'd have to scroll back to find this question. But it's, it's basically how do we apply Tradition 12 as home groups, uh, particularly with regard uh, to anonymity. Uh, it, uh, 
with regard to all the other traditions, and we were speaking on tradition uh, four today, uh, which was each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or NA as a whole. So for those of you who might be having trouble following that, that is how does, uh, how do your, how does your home group or you as a person lacking home group experience uh, apply Tradition 12 to Tradition 4, as Tradition 12 does tell us that we, uh, that, that the anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all the traditions. Uh, so does anybody uh, want to kick that off? Um, this is one that I've got a lot of thoughts on. Um, I don't know that I've got a lot of thoughts on, but I've got a lot of experience with it uh, to a degree. Um, but it just feels like somebody else should kick this off. So I'm going to quit bab babbling and uh, open it up. The floor is open. Don't be afraid to jump in if you got thoughts on this issue. <laughs> Everybody seems like they always want to be polite and not be the first one to go. Well, I'm not. My name's Eric. Eric. Um, yeah, this this tradition is is actually one of my favorite traditions, and it's because of the because of what it does for us, the creative freedom that it provides us, and the the autonomy that we have with this tradition. Um, you know, for our home group, uh, we practice that autonomy very much with in very many different ways uh um you know our literature that we use we uh we have a actual conscience that you know we believe in using literature created by addicts for addicts nothing professionally edited um that is one form of our autonomy um you know and uh that is one of the things that we do we don't use any literature that is that have been professionally edited or have had any influence in it except for from addicts. Um, you know, we, uh, we also practice our autonomy with, uh, um, with the way that we do several things, you know, like having our group conscience, you know, making sure that we do take time with our group conscience, making sure that we, uh, are doing all we can to, to help the still suffering addicts during that time and making sure that, we understand what our meeting is about. You know, um, we, we actually have, a, at our home group, we have four different uh, meetings, and each one of them has a different format. You know, um, on Mondays, we study the gray book. On Tuesday, we do a gray book writing meeting. On Wednesday, it's an open discussion. And on a Thursday, it's a tradition study. You know, we've uh, gone through several different things with the traditions, like going from the gray book to uh, the 85 It Works How and Why, um, the traditions out of there to the paths of recovery. Um, trying to think what else we've done. I, we we went through the uh, um, the precepts in the paths of recovery a couple weeks ago because it was just home group members. We were kind of, you know, it was just us home group members there. And we were like, well, these do apply to our traditions. They're not our traditions, but it's good for us to understand them. And, uh, we took that autonomy that day that we were like, you know, this is uh, this is something that's not going to harm us. It's just the three of us, and uh, it, it definitely is about the tradition. So we went ahead and did that. Um, you know, I, I think the autonomy is just that. You know, the thing that I've learned is that creative freedom and uh, being able to um, to serve our our fellowship as we can from our group. 
you know, being able to um, not have to be held back by, you know, uniformity, not having to be held back by a, um, we have to do things a certain way. Um, you know, the autonomy of our group and, uh, um, you know, is very important. And one of the things that we make sure that we don't do, we talk about it a lot because our group is different than other groups, you know, a lot with what we do and, and how we do things. Um, we make sure to ensure that second part of the tradition also where we're not going and telling other groups what they can and can't do. We're not infringing on other groups and uh, um, making them believe the way that we believe. Um, we're, we are focused on carrying our group conscience out and carrying the message for the addicts still suffer the best way that we can. You know, um, what other groups do is up to them. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, as long as we do that, then how can we really affect any of the whole, you know, uh, there's, uh, um, you know, a lot of people say that we're affecting any of the whole by doing different things, but when you really look at it, we don't believe that we are, you know, it's, uh, um, you know, that. This tradition has been used to be manipulated to for that second part of you know unless it affects any of the whole. A lot of people have used that as a way to try and control and manipulate people into thinking a certain way. Um, you know, and we and we know better than that. We know that we know that we're not big enough to affect any of the whole unless we're going out and uh, hurting other groups. You know, by doing stuff like. Removing them from services, saying they can't be a part of, saying you know, <laughs> we're we know better than that. So uh, um, I don't know. I'm I'm grateful to this. This is really one of my favorite traditions. I'm excited to hear what other people have to say. So that's all I got. Thanks, Derek. Uh, I just hit a, a an erroneous button. I just want to make sure everybody can still hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear you. <laughs> Did anybody else want to jump in there at this time? Yeah, I knew there was a reason I felt like waiting. Eric, I mean, I had all this stuff that uh, is in my head that I wanted to, to say, and it, it's, I think what uh, you said, Eric, kind of dovetailed with it so well. Um, and, and maybe... Um, set it up so I could speak in a more coherent or calm manner. <laughs> I just noticed how much uh, how much more metered you are when you speak and slow than, than me. Um, but yeah, this is, that fourth tradition is one that I uh, pondered on for a long time. Uh, and it was actually the 12th tradition that, that answered that very question for me. Uh, and, and it influences the way our home group, the home group that I belong to, the way we operate, uh, with regard to the fourth tradition, because there is very much this idea of accepting matters affecting other groups or NA as a whole. Uh, and, and other groups, man, if we affect just one other group, or if you want to be real literal and say plural, which uh, is, is not how that was intended, but but two other groups, what are we allowed to do? Uh, and it was, it was literally the 12th tradition uh, that brought about that. You know, my first sponsor told me, if it makes me head run, it's my will. If it makes me feel at peace, it's God's. 
and uh, it was that that understanding that came through the 12th tradition that really brought about that peace because it's one thing to say we know what this tradition means it's another thing to be able to to really point to something and and and, and say hey I, I don't like the word proof in this situation but here is the proof that uh this is is what uh our predecessors both in the sense of of the fellowship that came before us and our predecessors who were the, the founders of Narcotics Anonymous, this is what they meant. Uh, and, and that we really do have this total autonomy. Uh, and aside from the fact that, that one of our founders wrote uh, and ended up in a basic text, I, I believe, about uh, complete creative freedom uh, that, that we experience in Narcotics Anonymous. Um, yeah, I, it, it really brought it into focus for me. And one of the things I used to talk about before um, really getting that peaceful understanding was, you know, the way this is phrased is each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or any as a whole. It doesn't say the groups may exercise a limited degree of autonomy or it doesn't say uh, that in matters affecting NA as a whole there shall be a, a, a service body or a majority vote and then in every other regard groups can exercise autonomy. It, it says each group should be autonomous, and then there's the caveat. And it's like, obviously, the autonomy is more important uh, in my mind when I read that. But, but what really put it into perspective was anonymity. And, and any time, for so long on the 12th tradition, I was focused on principles before personalities. I think that's because what we chant in meetings, and that's just a statement of what the 12th tradition reminds us to do and, and what must happen when we apply this is to put principles before personalities uh, and putting principles before personalities doesn't mean that that we always give in uh, it doesn't mean that we always make sure everybody is happy we we, we make sure that uh, everybody understands that we love them uh, and that they have a voice uh, even a minority voice and in the home group I belong to it, it usually means and for a long time now has meant that we're able to come to a complete consensus once everybody puts their ego aside and, and acts in the best interest of the group and, and participates in real group conscience. But when, when, it, when I started focusing on anonymity and what does it mean, that nameless, faceless, nobody is in control, nobody is in authority, when we apply that to Tradition 4, uh, there is no possible way for there to be a majority vote. There is no possible way for one group to tell another group what to do. Uh, there is absolutely no way that there can be an authority other than the authority expressed at the, the level of group conscience and, and maintain any degree of anonymity. The minute I tell you what to do, your anonymity is gone and so is mine. I've placed myself over you. The minute my group tells yours what to do, your anonymity, it becomes very clear when we come at each tradition through the perspective of, of anonymity, that uh, even if a group goes far beyond what affects other groups or NA as a whole, uh, we have no way to to really police that or rein that in, nor should we. Uh, and it's because that tradition puts the responsibility totally on the groups to say, when are we affecting other groups or NA as a whole? Uh, and, and, and then there's the other issue of, what if we do affect NA as a whole? What if putting out, and I'm just using the literature because that's the, 
usually the hot topic in the traditionalist movement. It's something we deal with to this day. What if this does affect NA as a whole? Is it really us that's affecting NA as a whole? Or was NA as a whole affected when a service body took control of our fellowship and usurped that group conscience? When, when professional writers would never pay a, a, someone to speak in a meeting, and Eric brought up this professional writers thing, when we pay professional writers to rewrite our literature or now to, to write our literature, um, it, you know, when we when we do that, has, has NA as a whole already been affected? And so when groups put out the original literature, when groups put out new literature that's written by addicts for addicts, in open participation, the way we originally did it under the traditions without concepts, is it them that is is acting in a way that, that affects NA as a whole, or are they simply doing what was done before NA as a whole was affected? When, when groups, some groups willingly gave up their rights and the, the rights of other, all future groups through the concepts, and, and, and uh, when some groups actively did that and when the vast majority of groups just had it foisted on them and did not take the concepts seriously uh, and, and said, we're going to do what we, we're going to do, and, and gradually these concepts worked their way into most service structures. There are still some areas, and I think even regions, that don't accept them that participate in the NAS structure. Uh, but... Uh, and there are many home groups who don't use them in the as-is uh, lack of structure, <laughs> um, where it's just an informational thing. But it, for us, it, it's it's very clear that uh, the onus is on the groups, and, and that uh, that when we, we, I personally feel very peaceful about that. That when we are acting in the interest of carrying the message and we're going to do what we do under the traditions and sorry if other groups don't appreciate that or don't know our true history or understand have the understanding of the traditions that we have i won't say they don't understand but they have the same understanding of the traditions that we have um you, you know that that's that that's okay when we're acting in the best interest uh, and fulfilling our fifth tradition and trying to maintain the non-professionalism and doing what we really feel like uh and to be perfectly honest and blunt, what we really know is in line with our traditions. And honestly, when we come at it in a non-combative nature, we either have, most of the time, we either have no resistance at a local level or the resistance in other states where our home group has been because we've moved around. It has completely evaporated after some initial pushback when we just come back at them with, hey, look, we're not trying to tell you what to do, but here's here's what our traditions say. Here's what we honestly believe, uh, and uh, you know, please respect that. We're going to respect your autonomy. Please respect ours. Uh, and I'm going a little bit further with this, and it, this is about Tradition 12, but just because we are very much on this topic of of autonomy, um, you, you know, I did research what our predecessors wrote, and I am talking about another fellowship, and that is what is is referenced in in our traditions. And when we implemented these traditions. We were operating under an understanding uh, that uh, was very much based on uh, some of the readings that I read. And again, they're not our fellowship's readings, but but I'm trying to understand where our founders' heads were at when they implemented the traditions. And ten years later, when when we actually started using the traditions as a fellowship after NA nearly died, and I won't say they didn't use them at all, but but Jimmy talked about that extensively. And and there are. Uh, Basically, what our predecessors or one of the predecessors wrote about was having these different groups 
do all these different things that, that they felt like definitely did affect their fellowship as a whole. And to and, and and oh my goodness, opening up professional service centers that service the public, hospitals and such, uh, on a grand scale with outside funding and uh, watching this thing fail monumentally, and they thought that it was going to destroy their fellowship. They thought that it was going to bring them down. Uh, but because, and I think this is before their traditions were even formal. Uh, but because it, it was, it, it, they hadn't put them down, but they were still operating from this mindset and. And but because of this idea of autonomy, nobody could step in and tell this group no. They could only tell them, hey, you shouldn't do that, and here's why. Well, when this thing failed monumentally, it didn't affect the public's perception of their fellowship as a whole uh, nationwide. It didn't affect it. W what they felt like happened was that it was a great learning experience. Um, the, the damage that was done in the town where they were at, where it was eventually repaired and their fellowship became even stronger. And the rest of the fellowship was able to learn from that mistake and it actually made them stronger. And they, this particular writer actually states in, in one of their writings that, that he honestly believes that uh, if the traditions were, were written um, after, I won't put words in his mouth, but basically that, that they eventually came to the conclusion that the only thing that can affect their fellowship as a whole uh, would be for a group to change their definition of sobriety or for there to be start being wet meetings and dry meetings in the context of their um, their vernacular. And, and even then, they do not have the power because they thought that these other things would affect them as a whole. It, it's not that they would even have the power to say you absolutely cannot do this. There's no service body. So when I, I look at what our predecessors wrote, it's obvious that they had that anonymity uh, in mind the whole time. Uh, that, that even with regard to other groups or their fellowship as a whole, they knew that they had to allow other groups to make mistakes and, and exercise 100% autonomy. That, that, that tradition, when we look at, at anonymity, it does not in any regard say uh, that we do not have anything less than 100% autonomy. It says that each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or NA as a whole in the context of our tradition. And, and, Okay, well, except in, does that mean there's no autonomy? It means to, to be autonomous is to operate completely independently of every, everything else. So to not have autonomy in that regard does not mean we surrender to a governing body. There's no governing body mentioned in the traditions. It means we consider what we're putting other groups through, and we don't act independently. We don't act unilaterally. We act in conjunction with other groups. We do things like form service bodies that are directly responsible to the groups that they serve. Uh, if we're, say, we're meeting in the same building, the same church or the same office building or same restaurant as another meeting, uh, before we make decisions that affect them, like with regard to uh, the locks or or changing meeting times, we coordinate with them. It's usually very small things. And in a case where it's very big, like with literature and things, we can only do what we can do. And, and when we look at the history, we do take the time to say, are we affecting other groups or any as a whole? Either I don't believe we are or we're not the ones affecting other groups or any as a whole. We're the ones who are, are doing the way it was originally intended to be done under the traditions. And uh, I don't feel like I need to go into a lot more specific examples because it's really about the principle there. And, and that anonymity literally means we can't tell another group what to do. Uh, we can't be told what to do. But, but that fourth tradition very much does require us in a sense. It says should. 
but it but it very much asks us and strongly admonishes us to consider this and whether or not we're affecting other groups or, or NA as a whole. Basically, do we need to consult with other groups? And, you know, we do. That's what we do. We consult with other groups. We, we uh, tell other groups why we're using the literature we use, and then we go to places like the Fellowship Service Conference in Hamburg, Pennsylvania, and uh, we coordinate with other groups there who are working on similar or the same literature efforts, and uh, we get experience, strength, and hope there. And uh, that's been our experience with it. And I know that was kind of long-winded, but uh, I feel like I was able to listen to Eric make some points and, and talk kind of be a little more co coherent and, and calm and, and not so rushed about it. And um, yeah, I feel really peaceful now having explained it the way I did. Um, and and uh, yeah, for us, it's just, do we feel at peace? Are we, are we really out operating in true anonymity? Uh, and like I said, when it comes down to anonymity, uh, we can't be told what to do. We can't tell anybody else what to do. And, and when it comes to anonymity, we shouldn't be confronted of either. That's uh, anonymity is gone the minute we go to war with another group or war with a service body. So we we try and keep it peaceful. We try and keep it about the fifth tradition, and we try and exercise our our autonomy in the fourth tradition and uh, do our due diligence and communicate what needs to be communicated to other groups in uh, um, in the appropriate fashion. So I think I'm done ranting or whatever it is I've done there. <laughs> I'm going to turn it back uh, to the rest of y'all. Uh, <coughs> floor is open. I'm going to call Kim. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kim. Well, I really like what what I've heard uh, so far. Now, I, before joining here today, you know, I got thinking about this tradition, you know, Kind of got stuck in my head, couldn't you know find the, the anonymity part of it, and then I come in here and listen to you guys, and I realize it's it's, it's the, the same thing, but in in a group, uh, you know, in the group as a unit, as uh, as Shabs just said about uh, we don't tell other groups what to do, or we don't put ourselves above or below other groups. Uh, when looking at the twelve tradition, it's, it's the same thing in the rooms. You know, I I don't put myself over or beneath another member and you know we're equal uh didn't realize that uh, until listening today so i really appreciate to to hear that you know and that also got me thinking how we do you know the creative freedom and you know the the literature by addicts for addicts uh, we, we do our own uh, you know designs and layouts and we it was really a great thing i love this tradition and uh uh, also got me thinking when listening to you that is a result of anonymity that we can have that creative freedom you know that we can have autonomy whereas there would be you know uh, some groups uh, there are polices and telling other groups what to do and then we couldn't have done those things if we will all be you know exactly the same uh, i just want to share that that got to me so i really appreciate that man that's what i got thanks Okay. Uh, Jared on 
Is, is everybody still hearing me, or hopefully I'm still hearing everybody else? I, I did hear everybody. I, I can I still hear you. Okay. Um, I'm wondering if Jared might be having technical difficulties. I think he mentioned that he even might have uh, other home group members with him uh, who were either just listening or wanted to participate. So I know he wasn't uh, intentionally leaving him. Jared, if, if you're trying to talk, um, maybe hang up and dial back in because we can't hear you. Uh, but I'm going to give another couple seconds. Are you there, Jared? Is, is anybody else hearing Jared and I'm not? Okay. No, I'm, I'm not hearing it either. Okay. Uh, so at this time, uh, what I want to do here is uh, ask if there's anybody on the line that we're not aware was was on the conference call. Sometimes people come on and just listen. I no longer uh, am in a position where I can pull up a computer and just uh, look at how many people are in. Uh, so if there's somebody that's just listening that uh, – there's something you want to say. And I want to say this, even if you want to disagree with us, uh, we ask that you keep it respectful, but you can vehemently disagree. You can say, I think you're wrong on every point. We want all voices to be heard here. We just don't want to go to battle. We don't want to go to war and, and have name calling or, or anger or yelling. So if there's anybody on the line that wants to contribute anything, even if you are 100% on the non-site and you just want your voice heard, uh, we want you to we want you to speak. We trust the, the addicts listening and the home groups who use this podcast as a resource to make their own decisions, and, and we hope they hear all sides. So if anybody else listening, whether you are in agreement, have something to add, or, or totally opposed to what we just, uh, just said, please speak up. Okay, um, and again, that goes for at any point in the podcast. You're, you're sounding bad now, Chubbs. Yeah, you sound far away, Chubbs. Do I sound far away? Not, now is it better. better? Yeah. Were yep. you able to hear everything I said before when I was uh, trying to open it to, to other callers? Up until, like, the last two or three sentences, I think. Okay. Well, hopefully the point was there. Uh, this is just kind of weird. I I don't usually uh, put, thing, put things out there like this, especially on the podcast. I'm having this weird, really weird gut feeling, and I need to turn it back over to you, Eric, that there's something that needs to be said, and I don't know why. I just I need to yield to that. So if there's something on your mind, speak it, brother. Hope I didn't put you on the spot there. <laughs> well, ironically, I was thinking, uh, you know, when I was talking earlier, I, I kind of just talked on the tradition. I didn't really even think too much about the anonymity and how it's actually applied. And uh, um, I'm glad that it actually came out, you know, with some of the things that, that help. Um, the first word that I think of with uh, this tradition of uh, each, you know, and we kind of talked about that with the inclusiveness of each group having the right to participate and, uh, um, you know, every addict having a voice, you know, um, when it comes to creative freedom, you know, one of the things I, that I heard from a group and, and I don't want to call them out right now, but I know that a, a group uh, had a five-hour group conscience today and uh, they took the time to listen to every member. 
you know, they take the time to make sure that everybody is able to be involved and gets their point across. And that can be trying at times, but that is practicing anonymity, you know, with this tradition. It's it's talking about, um, you know, that creative freedom and uh, and actually taking the time. I think that taking the time is a, a form of practicing anonymity, you know, because we can get so caught up in, you know, we want to hurry through this, we want to be all done, and when we do that, that's not practicing anonymity. It's not valuing that other addict's input. It's not valuing what other what the other addicts have to say. It's saying that, well, we know what's best and we don't need to listen to this. You know? Um, so to hear of groups actually taking the time to to get things right, taking the time to listen to each other. Um, I think that's one of the ways that uh, in most groups, until um, until I'd heard about group conscience on these podcasts and until I'd heard about group conscience from traditionalists, that's not the way things went. You know, it, it was a matter of let's vote on this, let's get it done and over with. You know, um, but taking that time is practicing anonymity. It's making sure that we ensure that everybody is valued and everybody is a part of even even what you just did with saying, hey, if you have a opposing viewpoint, we want to hear it. You know, that's practicing anonymity. It's saying, you know, this is we we want to make sure that everybody has a chance to speak. You know, and uh, um, so that's one way that I believe that a lot of our groups practice anonymity with this tradition. And uh, um, that's all I've got to share. Thanks, Bill. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, that brings up an interesting point. Cause you were actually talking about uh, each individual having a chance to speak at the group level when we do group conscience. And it's amazing how much we learn about how all these traditions tie together. And we go all the way back into tradition two and how group conscience is process, uh, process, how group conscience takes place, how that process, and each group can have its own process of getting there, but uh, it's very, very pertinent to this tradition when we're talking about our autonomy uh, and, and acting autonomously, uh, that has to be practiced at the group level, that has to be practiced with the individual before we can practice that as a group with other groups and, and have the, I want to say courage, but it doesn't really require courage. At least it hasn't felt like it's required courage on our home group's part. Once we go through an actual group conscience process, there's no courage. Because to me, courage is acting despite fear. It's, it's not a state of fearlessness. Uh, and it was, a, I, I guess this is, I don't hope this isn't too off track. When I struggled with my fourth step, um, it wasn't until I got, because all I could do for a while was write a courageous four-step. And when I was able to finally understand certain principles that I won't get into here, um, just because it would be too long-winded, I was able to have that four-step just flow and, and write a fearless four-step. And I used to always think that was just semantics, that fearless. Uh, but, w but we're able to actually take fearless action, and I don't mean like in a warrior sense, just that... Uh, this is a valid group conscience, and we don't need to worry about what other groups think. We don't need to worry about them attacking us, and we don't need to attack other groups. And I like that you brought up that it says each group, because it doesn't say all groups. It doesn't say every, and it would, it would have the same effect. 
But in the English language, how we use words is very important, and it's a pretty deep language. Several words will have the seemingly the same meaning, but there will be minute differences. When I go to the store and I'm buying something, um, they don't say all apples 59 cents or apples 59 cents all. That would almost imply I would have to buy all the apples to get the 59 cent price or that they would all cost just 59 They say each. Each group, it means each group acts individually. It's talking about the autonomy right there. And whether that was on purpose by the people who wrote and formalized these traditions or not, I do not know. But to me, it's very valid that it does say each group, that that's the word they chose was each. Not not every, not all, but each group should be autonomous. And I know for a fact because of some of the things that they they used words like should very intentionally. Uh, because these are traditions, uh, not rules. These these are, uh, it, it's part of the reason that I believe, because I wasn't there, uh, our original grade book, uh, the grade book is a beautiful work. Uh, some things in the grade book, the groups were not okay with, and that's why some things were changed and some things were removed. It used to say that the traditions were the rules that keep our fellowship alive and free. Uh, and that is was since changed to guidelines. Our home group wasn't even comfortable with guidelines um, because guidelines they're they're stronger than guidelines. They're they're non-negotiable, but they're definitely not rules because they can't be enforced. And and through prayer and meditation and a lot of discussion, we eventually, when we wrote what what our home group uses in that reading, uh, we came to uh, the conclusion that uh, not the conclusion we just we just arrived at undeniable spiritual principles. It's very strong, uh, but but spiritual principles they're undeniable, they're non-negotiable, but you, but you can't enforce something, you can't in, enforce, you can't impose spirituality, uh, and that's where we came to uh, with that. And I, I know that kind of seems like it's off track, but but I don't know, it's just feeling like this conversation is supposed to go in a certain direction today. I'm not, I'm a, I'm a spiritual. Um, dwarf. I'm not, I hope that's not offensive to, I don't know if I'm using the correct PC terminology, but I'm not trying to be offensive, but uh, I'm not, I I struggle with spirituality, and and so it's hard for me to come and say it feels like we should do this, or like, and I really feel strongly like that's where this conversation was supposed to go today, Um, and and that that anonymity is very, it cannot, uh, the autonomy cannot exist without that anonymity, and I feel like this all ties into that, and then the complete creative freedom. Um, and it also feels like I should quit talking at this point. Uh, so I, I do want to open it up for whoever wants to say anything, uh, whether we have Jared back in, uh, you know, whether Kim or uh, uh, Eric has something to contribute or whether there's somebody listening on the line that, that has something to contribute that hasn't announced themselves. I'm going to go ahead and uh, turn this back over to the rest of y'all. Floor is open. Maybe it was just time for me to quit speaking. Maybe this podcast has come to an end. Uh, really quickly, is there anybody who has anything they, they wanted to add or anything they feel like they need to speak up on? I'm not in there. Go ahead, bro. Um, <laughs> well, while we were uh, talking some more, you know, the thing that I uh, thought about was uh, the anonymity in our writing. You know, um, one of the ways that our home group applies uh, the 
this tradition is first i mean having the writing meeting i don't know i don't know how many groups actually have a writing meeting or uh, participate in a in a writing meeting but one of the gifts that i've been given in my recovery is the gift of being able to write and i truly believe that the gift of writing is something that uh um have been taken from many groups and uh um you were talking about you know group your group uh writing and, and inputting and reviewing and uh um there's power in that and uh, part of that power that i've noticed <clears throat> is in how we do everything we can to make sure that every addict's input is is included you know if there's uh, something that we need to talk about where um maybe somebody wrote something that maybe doesn't exactly follow with na and stuff and it, and it kind of goes outside of that uh it gives us the opportunity to talk about it and explain okay this is we we like this input but we're going to need to change it just a little bit so that it goes along with what narcotics anonymous says you know um and we've learned how to be able to do that in a way that it's not belittling the addict it's not uh putting them down it's not putting them on the spot like saying well you don't know any better you know um it's loving and caring way of saying okay we're standing for the principles of narcotics anonymous we're standing for the language of narcotics anonymous but what you said is important you know um and and some of the things with the writing you know that is truly the uh the anonymity of writing, you know, um, I, I don't think that there's a better way to describe the creative freedom that we have other than with writing. You know, I, I know lots of groups are uh, writing uh, gray book reflections, and we have tons of gray book reflections out there. Um, personally, I hope that we never have groups quit writing them. You know, I don't care if any of them ever get published or if any of them uh, um, you know go anywhere but the fact of the matter is that groups are doing it and practicing that autonomy and uh and that's a great way for anonymity to be shown you know um by how we write and how we you know include everybody you know I, i've seen uh um one of the greatest things that i've seen over and over is uh you know we don't have a whole lot of people participate in the you know, we have a morning meeting, so there's not a lot of people that show up for our meetings. Um, and the first thing that other people were talking about was, you know, we don't want to write. It's too much, you know, and eventually, finally, you, we took the time. We we got the writing meeting eventually, you know, and it, it was part of a group conscience where the whole group at that time agreed to it. And uh, it's been the glue that has really held us together. You know, um, we we have addicts come in that uh, um, they're like, this is really different and really new, but it, there's power here. You know, and, and the power of in that anonymity, we've had so many um, people that it was their first day clean. And they came in and, and actually were able to contribute from the first day clean. You know that's practicing anonymity to be able to take the the input of somebody with one day clean and be able to include it and have them be of service from the very beginning you know um 
and that's another part of anonymity that uh, <clears throat> that comes up also with this tradition, with the uh, autonomy and stuff. Uh, um, that inclusiveness rather than ex exclusiveness, you know, make, having positions available for everybody to be a part of, you know, we're not, uh, you know, obviously we're not going to give a newcomer, uh, we're not going to give somebody with a day clean, we're not going to give them the treasurer's position and give them the responsibility of taking care of money from day one. That's kind of silly, <laughs> you know, but uh, there are, um, but we still get people involved from the very beginning in service. You know, we don't exclude anybody from, from helping out, you know, um, and by having a small meeting, it's really easy to do that. You know, we don't have, we don't have a, a coffee maker. We don't have a, um, you know, somebody to clean the bathrooms every day. We, you know, it's pretty much, let's all chip in and help out, you know, but that is a form of anonymity being able to, to participate from the very first day. So, that's all. Yeah, for sure. We, we've had a lot of powerful experiences in our, in our home group with um, the writing with, with newcomers or people who aren't necessarily newcomers, but they're, they're new to this writing process come in um, both actually, you know, and, and contribute heavily um, where we have a newer member either a newcomer or somebody with, with less than a year clean in a meeting and be it, it, we're struggling with something and you see this newcomer sitting there and they want to speak up and it's like, Hey, what are we doing wrong here? We, we've literally gone to, you know, we're, we're both sitting here with, with over a decade clean. Um, the two of us that were there in this particular situation, and I don't believe I had 20 years at that point, but that's kind of, you know, irregardless, uh, beside the point. Uh, but we're both sitting here with, with years clean, struggling on how to write this. What is it saying to you? Uh, that you're the person they should be talking to. And, and to have a newcomer be able to open up and say, okay, here's, yeah, you're right. You guys are going in a totally different direction. You know, um, they can hear what the point we're trying to make, and they're able to say, why don't you write it like this? This is what would speak to me. Or we, we've had newcomers come in in, in writing and, and other situations and just go, you guys are full of shit. They're, they're not always, uh, they don't always speak in a spiritual manner, manner um, which is on us to, to hear the, the feedback and and take it the way it's intended. And, uh, yeah, there, there's been a lot of times we have had people, either newcomers or people to our meeting who are new, correct us because we've lost we're, we we've gotten off track and, and we're we're in that ego part um and without that anonymity that that does not exist and, and again these are we're talking about individual situations and other traditions coming into play here but this all goes back to this fourth tradition um and how anonymity affects it and, and how we're able to act autonomously as a home group because we apply that that anonymity all the way down to that individual level um and I think it's, it's why it's important that we have certain positions that a, a newcomer can't hold, uh, that A, the services are not part of NA, and, and B, the more responsibility you have, the lower on the totem pole you are. Our most important positions um, are, are are the ones that newcomers can do, uh, making sure that, that uh, the meeting is set up, putting literature out on the table. Um, you know, we don't give a newcomer the key, but we don't have a key where we meet. There, there's, we don't have, have to have a key to get in. Um, but 
yeah, the the most important positions we have available are are, are stuff that newcomers can do. We have a, a weird little thing we came to, and it wasn't even official, but it, we we didn't sit down and have an official vote, but it was definitely through group conscience where where it has come to be in our in our and through a consensus and through group conscience, but not focusing on this this item particularly that. When you go join our home group, we let you know um, everybody in this home group is a GSR. Well, what does that mean? It means if we go to an area meeting, um, we want everybody who can to show up and participate. Um, you know, we've we've taken extra members of our home group back to uh, Hamburg before, uh, and we do have a, a appointed GSR when that happens. This year, we will probably have to have a, a GSR. You know. Um, we won't have somebody from our group be delivering our group's concerts, but we'll, we'll have to find somebody else because I won't be able to, but I will be there. Um, but uh, now I'm getting way off track. But, man, yeah, that – what you were talking about, that that literature is so – there's a lot of powerful stuff that comes from right now, literature. And, and, and it's huge because there – you want to talk about removing ego. When you, when you write a line, um, you don't get to take credit for it. Or often you'll write a line, and the line you wrote that that you thought was so cool, it, it ends up getting changed because other people have input, and it's like, oh yeah, they're right. Um, that's a powerful thing. I, yeah, there was a, one cool experience I had, and it wasn't even at the level of group conscience. It was just having the opportunity to write with with another addict who was involved in our literature movement early on. Um, Boes and I got to write a little bit together several years ago, and he mentioned to me, you know. The the really cool thing is when you look back and and you'll go there'll be certain things that, that are written that you won't know who wrote it um, and, and it is weird to look back on on certain things that we wrote um, at that time and go wow did I write that or did Bo write that did we both write that to to where it kind of runs together and you can't remember who wrote what and and uh, and just that spiritual thing of being in tune and, and trying to find. Uh, yeah, yeah. Again, it's weird for me to say, but sometimes I don't feel like we actually are the people who are writing it. That we maybe literally are an instrument of some sort of higher power or greater power. And um, and, and you want to talk about removing ego? Um, when not only do you not get to take credit for what you wrote, but maybe I didn't write that. You know, maybe that was just my hand was the one moving the pen. Um, the, the writing you write is so powerful. And if I could encourage anything. Uh, is more groups to write. You want to talk about practicing uh, anonymity and autonomy at the same time. There may be no greater example of that than the writing process. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, brother. Wow. Um, I think we are. I, I don't. I'm sure that we've been on for an hour. I don't know that we've had the record button pressed for an hour. Uh, is there anything else anybody else wanted to contribute here, or, or something that uh, sparked something else that somebody's going, oh yeah. Need to talk about this. Okay, well, Jared, when you hear this, uh, um, <laughs> if there was something you wanted to bring up, uh, it, obviously Jared's had some sort of difficulty where we can't hear him right now, um, or maybe he was disconnected and can't get back on. Um, but brother, when you listen to this, uh, if you want to jump in uh, next week, uh, also uh, we will. Um, have Bill back with us next week. We're going to continue this. Uh, as much as we've talked about today, Bill's input, we talked about this a little before the recording, um, but Bill, his home group lived through this. He, uh, he, 
if you know Bill, he, he's a guy who back in the day probably uh, would have been more uh, prone to physical retaliation if you were to confront him on the street and punch him. And, and this is a man who, who who took punches to the face because of his home group's uh, autonomy uh, back in the days of the, the original Baby Blue movement. It, well, it's still the original movement, but when this Baby Blue movement was, was first underway um, and didn't retaliate. Uh, and he and, and the home group he belongs to have lived so much of this history. Uh, there's going to be a lot of valuable items he has to input with this, and, and I'm sure uh, some things that uh, didn't come up today just because you know we didn't live the same history. Um, I just I'm gonna cut it short. I can't wait to hear what Bill has to say because as deep as we get on this stuff, sometimes because of the history he lives. Uh, he has lived. It, 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 sometimes he says things that's like, "Wow, it's on a whole, whole other level, um, a whole different level of understanding." And uh, yeah, the, the stuff that his home group, or the home groups he has belonged to, uh, recovery first and historical perspective as, as he walked through this process, um, the stuff they had to, to contend with and 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 practice this tradition uh, through the lens of, of anonymity. Uh, is, has been incredible on a scale that uh, I almost can't imagine. So we will definitely uh, next week have Bill uh, wrap up uh, this discussion as far as uh, the 12th tradition and uh, how anonymity applies to tradition four. And then we'll be moving on to tradition five. Before we wrap it up really quickly, I just want to ask if there's anybody who has any, any more input they want to give. Okay, as said, uh, you've been listening to Autonomous Unity on the Solidarity with Autonomy Network, the SWAN. I just do want to remind everybody that uh, each speaker, their, I, I hate the word opinions, but their experience, strength, and hope is their own. Uh, everybody only speaks for themselves on this podcast. We, we do expect uh, respect that uh, anonymity. Um, yeah, and uh, what we say is, not, uh, is definitely not uh, in a doctrine, if there is such a thing. Uh, so, so take it for what it is, and and uh, use your experience, strength, and hope, and your home group's group conscience uh, to come to the decisions uh, that are right for your group, and then what you believe uh, uh, loving God would have your home group do, uh, as far as is the way group conscience is expressed. We're gonna wrap it up there, and we will see you all on the next one. Thanks for tuning in.